Hello, this is George Jardine from Adobe Systems. This podcast is one of several that I recorded during the Adobe Lightroom Iceland adventure. The adventure was created by Mikkel Åland and O'Reilly Publications and took place from July 28th to August 5th, 2006. For more information on the adventure, be sure to check out Derek Story's posts at digitalmedia.oreilly.com slash adventure. Thanks very much and enjoy the podcast. All right, it is Thursday, August 3rd, 2006, once again with another podcast from the Adobe Lightroom Iceland Adventure. I'm here with John McDermott in Nesbitt, Iceland. What a fabulous uh, trip this has been so far, huh? Oh, it's been amazing. You having uh, a good time? Wonderful time. I've never been to Iceland. It's it's one of those places that's on my it's been on my fantasy list for a while and 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 a couple of months ago I heard from Mikkel uh, Allen who organized the trip, and he just we ran into each other as I was on on my way to the post office in San Francisco. We live not too far from each other, and he looked at me and he just stopped and he said, "You got a minute?" <laughs> I said, "Yeah." He said, "How'd you like to go to Iceland and shoot for about a week?" And I just said, "Where do I sign up?" Sign me up. And here we are, and it's it's been great. It's been more everything I uh, expected, and and a lot more. Good, good. So you've got some really great images, I see here. I've, well, I've nice, been admiring your work. Nice, as we of, go. nice of you to say so. Thank you. What do you want to show us here? Well, uh, like most people here, the number of images I've uh, shot seems to have climbed over the mm-hmm. the four digit mark. <laughs> so it's been, and you, you, there just isn't time to you know to show everything to everybody and. Uh, I've made a, a fairly narrow selection down to about a dozen images to show it at a slideshow we're going to have uh, on our last night here in Reykjavik. And uh, the first image I've got here that we're looking at, uh, actually I did yesterday, I was uh, with a couple of the other photographers on our way out to try to find some puffins. Mm-hmm. And uh, we ended up uh, very hungry. And was that uh, for dinner or was that for <laughs> photography? <laughs> well, the restaurant the restaurant had a big picture of a puffin on the, on the wall outside, but there were no puffins on the menu. And we asked, uh, uh, not that we uh, were going to order it, but we we were just curious because we we'd heard you can eat puffin here in Iceland. And uh, but so far, I've only seen one place where it was on the menu, <laughs> uh, and we did not. Uh, was it was pretty pricey, uh, and we stayed away from it. Uh, not necessarily because it was pricey, but I still can't quite get my uh, head around the idea of eating these cute birds. Such a cute little bird. I, it's hard for me to imagine eating anything that I've seen on a postcard. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> and they're very cute, so I prefer to just let them uh, carry on. Uh, in the wild. In the wild without being anybody's dinner. There you go. But uh, So we were in this town uh, called Vik. One of the people we were with is, uh, is Chris Sanderson, who's uh, our videographer who's, who works closely with Michael Reichman, uh, doing the Luminous Landscape uh, video journals. And uh, thankfully, Chris has been here a number of times in the past, and he knew where we could go and, and in fact, took us to a good place to eat. And as we were coming out, uh, it had been kind of a dreary day, and the skies, uh, as they tend to do here in Iceland, opened up momentarily. And... and that uh, sort of light from God just kind of broke through a hole in the in the clouds, and up on this beautiful green rolling hill above the, above the town uh, sits what I imagine is the town church, and the church's little cemetery behind it. 
And the church was almost spotlit by the sun, and behind it was was the shadow of a big puffy cloud. And so you've got this nice sort of three-level kind of image in uh, three horizontal bands, Mm -hmm. one sort of shade of green with this red and white church in it. And just at the top edge of the band is a little cemetery, and right there starts the shadow of the cloud, the middle third of the image. And the top, maybe 20% of the image, we, we get back into this beautiful, slightly darker green. And then these are just colors that uh, you see things similar, maybe, in Marin County in California, uh, in uh, maybe a little bit more in Scotland. But I think you have to be at this latitude, uh, this far north, at this time of the year to, to really see this. And... Uh, an image I'm quite pleased with, and yeah, it's great. as with a lot of things here, you just have to be very uh, aware of what's going around, going on around you all the time, especially with the light, and be ready when it happens. And uh, and this is a good example of that. Yeah. What's next? Well, uh, the other day I did a picture similar to this, and and it's uh, basically a uh, a license plate on a rental car. Um, I thought, well, what's typical of of Iceland? A lot of us are concentrating on landscapes, which is is fine. And I, I'm not necessarily a landscape photographer. I do it from time to time, but it's not not my main thing. Uh, I've been looking for sort of details that that are unique to Iceland and uh, tell you something about the country. And and one thing I noticed was we were killing a hell of a lot of insects as we drove around this country. And the front of the cars are just a mess with dead bugs. So the other day, I, I thought, well, that might be a shot. Um, the Iceland license plate, which is very interesting, has the flag on it with all these dead bugs. But I did it, and I, I didn't like it that much. Yesterday morning, we were getting ready to go out, and I, I did a double take. I, I saw the front of one of our cars, and I just stopped in my tracks. There was this great big thing hanging on the front of the car. And I looked closer, and, and it, it was a, a big dead bird stuck in the front of the car. And uh, I don't know, maybe it's kind of gross, but I've no, never. No, it's, I've, it's, I've, it's, it's horrible, but you know what? That's why it's a I, great photograph. I've never seen. I've never seen anything like this. And they warned us. Oh, you know, the sheep may run out on the road. You might hit a sheep, like in Wisconsin. Maybe you know, people run into deer. But I've never seen a bird stuck on the front of a car. And I thought, well, this this is maybe an only in Iceland photograph. So I played around with it, and, and there you have it. It's nice and graphic. The bird, I didn't do anything to the bird. That's the way I found it. You know, thanks to the Iceland uh, Department of Motor Vehicles for their very attractive license plate with the flag on it, which adds a, a little bit of red, white, and blue. And, you know, there you go. Uh, it's, it's a little shocking, but it definitely tells the story. Uh, thank you. This next image. Uh, the other day, uh, I was out with uh, John Isaac and, uh, and Angela Drury. And we we did a lot of driving, and, and um, unfortunately, the weather really wasn't very cooperative. It was one of these really dull days, and we did the best the best we could. I mean, you 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 do what you can, uh, but we didn't get the the gorgeous light we were looking for, and it's a shame because we were in one of the more beautiful parts of the country, on the northern part of the, the Schneefels uh, Peninsula, and uh, which is, by the way, where we found puffin on the restaurant menu. On the way back, we were kind of hurrying to get back here uh, to the ho- back to the hotel in Rayholt for dinner because we were running a little late. Driving down the road, and all of a sudden, the three of us reacted simultaneously. The light just broke through, and on our left, as we were passing, there was this vast expanse of agricultural valley, 
and this fabulous dappled light that just kept changing every few seconds before our eyes. And I slammed on the brakes. We, it, we didn't even need to say anything to each other. We all just grabbed our gear, ran across the road, ran across this field to the edge of the hill, and started shooting. And we, we stayed there for probably a good half an hour, just trying to milk this situation, get everything we could out of it, changing lenses, uh, just watching what was happening in front of us. And we all just had smiles on our faces like like little kids it was it was just fabulous and this is maybe my best image from that um sort of half hour of of watching and 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 playing with the light changing lenses and and it's just in the foreground there's there's this uh the series of fields uh with something that's very common here in iceland you see these Somebody called them the giant rolls of Scott tissue that, that are <laughs> littered around the fields. And they're basically harvested hay that are bound up in these in these big uh, plastic rolls. And there's something that's, to me, very distinctive about Iceland. And so there they are down in this field with probably a dozen or so, so different shades of green in the foreground. Then there's a shadow, but not a really dark shadow. There's a little stream running through it, and you know, it just sort of recedes into the into the background. But it's just a nice, kind of typical Icelandic uh, landscape with with Icelandic color. Yeah, Icelandic light too. Well, Icelandic just, light yeah, is, and Icelandic great. color generally tends to to be towards the green, mm -hmm. and uh, a lot of different greens in there. And green is probably my favorite color, so I was I was happy with this. This next image. Um, very unusual. Yeah, it's a sunset, I guess. I was up on the top of a high cliff, and we actually had gone up there to look for puffins. And uh, again, Chris uh, Sanderson knew where to go and, and had taken us up there. So we were on our way going down this, this narrow trail to look for the puffins on the side of the cliff and hoping that we would get some good light that would break through and, and illuminate the puffins for us. And we weren't getting it, but what we did get, looking towards the light, the, the sun was sort of going down behind all these clouds and overcast, was just a very, very thin line across the horizon of light. There's just this pencil-thin band of light on, the, on, on where the sea meets the sky, and just gradations of, of grays and blues uh, horizontal uh, across the frame, sea, and sky, and and you know some silhouettes of some islands there along the horizon, and it's a, a kind of a monochromatic uh, thing, but it's very kind of stark and dramatic, and and again something that just fell into my lap, and I think is typical of the light here in Iceland that uh, you don't necessarily see elsewhere. No, very interesting. This next image was uh, again, you know, we. Every day we we tried. I spent a lot of time with John Isaac, who's a really interesting man and a, and a great traveling companion and shooting companion. Great storyteller. And a great storyteller. And uh, we went. We set off in the car one day and and uh, with uh, Angela Drury, who's another story in herself. Who's a, not a not one of the photographers, but as far as I'm concerned, she's done the best work of anybody here. Uh, now that the week is coming to an end, and I've had this a chance to see what she's done, it's just really amazed me and 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 uh she has a wonderful wonderful eye but anyway we're driving down the road and we didn't really have a hard agenda we were pretty much open to whatever we we found along the way 
And we saw a bunch of people standing by the side of the road and a bunch of, of these typical Icelandic horses in a, in a couple of corrals and two great big blue trucks. So we just figured, well, you know, something's going to happen here. Let's, let's pull over and see what unfolds. This is, is, there's a sense of something, you know, about to happen here that might have some, some visual uh, interest. So pulled the car over, got out. All of a sudden, it turned out that what it was was the end of a, of a uh, horse trekking, uh, I guess, vacation. These people had been trekking on these horses for days and camping at night along the, the, uh, the coast the southern coast of Iceland, and then they ended up where we found them. And these two great big uh, trucks had come out, and they were going to load the horses on the trucks and drive them back to where they had, had begun their trip. So they were bringing the horses one by one onto the trucks. And so uh, I just decided to shoot that. And this was after they had gotten one of the horses into the truck, and then they were bringing up another one, a really beautiful sort of dappled horse. And there's a, the truck's blue. The guy uh, driving the truck is in a blue sort of flight suit, coveralls. And there's this wonderful lady with a great fashion sense to have worn a bright red jacket that day uh, who's pulling the horse up the ramp into the truck while the other horse is kind of peeking out from inside. And it's just one of these things that's a, a kind of... You've got to be ready when, when serendipity happens, and this is one of those serendipitous things. I must have shot 25 or 30 images of these horses being put on the trucks, and there's maybe four or five of them that are nice, but there's only one that has this sort of moment and this ten tension and all this information, plus the color and the nice composition that all come together. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, um, and there it is. Yep. No, I remember when we pulled over, uh, when we saw these horses and pulled over, I got out. At first, I pulled over thinking, there's got to be some pictures here. And then after kind of surveying the situation a little bit, I, I, I decided not to shoot anything. And uh, I sort of wondered if any pictures were going to come out of it. And I guess, you know, I'm, uh, I'm not a professional photographer myself, but um, that's one of the things that always intrigues and and uh, inspires me about working with pros is how they can go into a situation and pull a pull a photo out and i think uh you really showed me how how to pull a photo out of that situation oh, so thank you that's a good one here's a, an, another uh, horse picture it's <laughs> you could come here and just shoot horses and nothing else and have beautiful pictures and in beautiful light uh, the horses here are, are beautiful and they're obviously a big part of the culture and everywhere you go you find them mm. um this was uh, later on that same day. We had um, Johan, who who uh, has been a real great find for us and a great uh, companion. Um, not to mention a great resource on the country. Um, recommended to us that we go to this one little village on the on the south coast of that peninsula and have a look. That there was a, a special church there and just some beautiful scenery and. There was also a hotel, and the hotel, I guess, offered uh, horseback riding, and there was a corral, and you were with us that day, and, and uh, you and I particularly gravitated to that corral and the horses, and the horses were really special. They were very trusting of us and kind of easy to work with, and, and, and we got a lot of horse pictures that day. <laughs> yeah, we did. And after a while, uh, a group of people showed up, and they were going to take the horses out and ride them. And uh, this is a picture that, you know, sort of, they were very accepting of our uh, intrusive presence there with all these cameras. And they quite willingly uh, agreed to pose for us once they were all saddled up and ready to go on their, on their ride 
in what was this really moment of beautiful uh, late afternoon light, the sun low in the sky, kind of shining right on them. Uh, and everybody was standing in front of them. And uh, and I was looking at that, and I maybe this is something that, you know, this, it, it's ingrained in me now after so many years of shooting shooting sports that I thought, you know, I can... I can compress this image a little bit if I move around, a little bit around to the side, still preserve the light, get everybody a little closer together, make a little tighter composition, and, not, and have less kind of empty space within the picture. So I moved around to the right with a, uh, one of my favorite lenses, which is a Canon uh, 135 uh, 2.0. It's a wonderful lens. And uh, um, basically, you just managed to compress the horses and the people a little bit together and in the background is, is a kind of slightly darker uh, sort of mountain that's rising out of the ground and and they stand out against the darker background and mm -hmm. and uh, and I really like it I've managed to I, sh I shot about seven or eight frames of these guys and uh, I, I think I got two frames where you could see the faces of all the horses and all the people mm. at the same time which was the horses moving and the people moving back and forth. It wasn't always easy to get that, and this one, this one worked. Well, I, I was one of those people that was standing in front of all the horses shooting, and I, you know, looking at the light in this photo, I guess I realized that now, uh, you know, in hindsight, that I should have moved around to the side where the light would have given them a nice side light. So as we were positioned, it was front light, and this is uh, a great photo. Yeah, thanks very much. Um, this next picture is probably, I don't know, I mean, maybe not what people were expecting uh, to find in Iceland and, and uh, maybe not what people have shot. But the other night, I, I, we, we moved to Nesbud, you know, sort of southeast of Reykjavik. And lo and behold, we find ourselves right next to this brand new big thermal uh, energy plant and uh, a hydro hydro energy plant where there's just all these shiny pipes and new buildings and steam coming out of every pipe and every hole in the ground and it's a, a dramatic place and we got here kind of late and i was feeling a little bit uh you know like i hadn't really uh kind of accomplished anything and i thought well um maybe i'll just take a walk up the road and and see what there is and i'd loaned my tripod to someone so i didn't have my tripod with me um, so I had to do everything handheld. So I just took four or five uh, really fast uh, fixed fo focal length lenses and a Canon 5D and walked up the street. About a, it's about a mile actually to till you get up to the plant itself. And I just started shooting uh, whatever I could. Uh, part of my background is a lot of people think I'm a sports photographer, but I also do an awful lot of industrial photography for corporate annual reports, a lot of high-tech things, factories, laboratories. So I'm always kind of I'm always kind of on the lookout for images that are a little spare and a little technical and and otherworldly and 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 where there are patterns, interesting light. And as I was coming back after shooting steam and pipes, I saw this one corner of a building with these corrugated aluminum that that sounds cheaper than it is i mean it's really really a very very nicely done building and on the corner was this lamp and it it just seemed so out of character to me for an industrial location it looked like it looked like something so elegant that something that you would find in a really really uh modern uh home right on the corner of, of basically what was a, a, a warehouse 
it's just very interesting to me. And the light was interesting, the, the texture of the building, the shape of the lamp. And even at the bottom, they, they landscaped it with some black volcanic rock. And I just kind of focused in and reduced it down to a simple photograph about the lamp and the surface that's receiving the light that the lamp's giving off. And you, have, you look at this and you have no idea where it is or what it could be, but it's a thermal energy plant. It's great. And where are these colors coming from? They're basically... Pretty unusual. Yeah, there's a little bit of ambient light, which is very, very blue at that time of the night, mm. at the top of the frame. And everything else is, is coming off this one lamp. And because of the texture of, of the surface that they used in these, these walls, the light changes color. This is all from, uh, from that one lamp. And it's, uh, I, I, you know, I didn't measure the color temperature, but it's, it's very warm. Mm -hmm. And oh, the warm striking. light, the warm light with the, you know, the really cool ambient light comes together and makes, makes for some interesting colors on some interesting texture. And again, the, the connection to Iceland is in the back of my mind. I, I thought, okay, I've, I've got to be looking for things that's, that are Icelandic, that not necessarily landscapes, but even little things like this that tell you something about how people here create their environment, what, you know, their visual environment, um, how they see things, how they design things. And to me, this is a, uh, a really kind of Scandinavian um, sort of moment mm. piece of nice. piece of stuff and uh, i like it um i've been hearing about puffins ever since i got here and i when i got here i could just vaguely conjure up an idea what a puffin looked like i'm not a bird person or a nature person I haven't done any nature photography to speak of in my life but um i ended up in the car with uh with with chris and with uh with Russell Brown, who seems to, I, I don't want to, maybe obsess, obsession is too strong a word, but he's hes really into puffins. He's on a mission. He's on a mission to get puffin pictures. And so we ended up in this place um, to shoot puffins. And um, since I do a lot of sports, I, I have the equipment that it takes to do that, uh, specifically long, telepho fast telephoto lenses, one of which uh, I brought with me here, a 400 to 8 uh, Canon lens with a, couple of tele-extenders and so I went out on this path and here we are on the on the top of this very very steep cliff uh, where the puffins live and um, this is my favorite puffin picture because it, it really shows the vertical mm -hmm. world that they live in it's the left third of the frame is just vegetation which comes to an abrupt and 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 vertical end and here's this serene-looking little puffin just sitting there on his on his place, <laughs> and the right two-thirds of the frame are just empty space, clouds, out-of-focus ocean, and a steep drop of about 500 feet down to the beach. Um, and these puffins come and go; they make their nests there. And this this guy is just sitting there looking out. And I have other pictures where there's 13 or 14 puffins in the frame, or there's one puffin sitting there with a mouthful of fish. But this one seemed to say more about how they live and their environment. So there it is. Next one is, uh, again, another sort of, to me, uh, only an Iceland picture. It's just a, a rock wall with some vegetation at the bottom. It's very weathered, and the colors are very warm, uh, green, gold, brown. Uh, and uh, again, we found this the other day. 
on the Snaefels Peninsula. Yeah, it's really a great rust copper rust color there in the right. rocks. Yeah, it just and again, I you know I tend to try to shoot things simple and clean and graphic and and I think and I think this picture shows that and it's it's all about the the texture of the rock and mm -hmm. and the color. Next picture, uh, we met this guy. This is I call this guy the Shark Man, uh, Mr. Uh, Bjarnason, I think his name is. Um, and this is the famous guy who uh, buys uh, sharks that were actually accidentally caught in trawlers' uh, nets, mm -hmm. and he uh, cures the shark meat by hanging it in a in a barn and and letting it. Uh, there's probably a better way to say this, but, for, but rot. <laughs> so, so he has all these uh, big hunks of rotting shark meat, and uh, I guess it's an Icelandic delicacy. I'm sure it's an acquired taste. I know a couple of us have tried it, including you. Uh -huh. And I and I don't I think try I don't think you you were were that uh, pleased with it. Let's say that it's an acquired taste. I'm it, sure it probably needs to be accompanied by some good Icelandic vodka. Well, every <laughs> yeah, every Icelandic person I mentioned it to said, "Oh, did you have the vodka?" Um. Well, I was I I was busy trying to shoot this guy with his shark meat, and after we were all done accosting him with the cameras, you pulled him around to the side and shot this, and again, um, was sort of struck by what you got here. It's a great shot of Thank him because he he was this is a very very friendly shot. Well, when I first saw this guy, my instantaneous reaction was I, I knew what I wanted to do right away, but there were. Other people, you know, tourists around our group, uh, and I think he felt obliged to do what he probably does for everybody that comes there, which sure. is put on his little performance, sure. and and you know tell his stories. And I just wanted to let him calm down a little bit, let everybody do their thing, and then wait, and then do what I had in mind right from the minute I saw him, which was to take this guy, who to me was the the, the face of Iceland. He's got this beautiful white hair, this weathered skin. His hands are, are workman's hands. He's got a, a shirt, and something about the shirt really appealed to me. And after a few minutes, it clicked with what it was. It, his shirt is, is the same colors as the flag of Iceland, mm. and this red and blue with a little bit of white in it. And, um, and, and that just kind of clicked for me, that this guy was very Icelandic and... and uh, uh, so I took him off to the side after everybody was done and just put a little bit longer lens on through the through the background out of focus and had him lean against the this building where he cures the shark meat and after after he calmed down a little bit um, he became a little bit more sympathetic and we got this moment and I like it too nice that's yeah. a nice way to walk away from here with that memory here's uh, uh, the next to the last shot I'm going to show you. Uh, Again, this is this is one of the earlier shots I did that night when I went up to the um, to the power plant, and it was really pretty dark. And I thought the best chance I had to get something you know that was visible was to shoot the lightest thing there was, which was the uh, steam that was coming out of the pipes against the the sky, and the the, the pipes the uh, st stacks were were there were four of them in a row, and fortunately they are polished aluminum so they were very reflective of what little light there was left uh, at that time of the day and I managed to get something that's basically a dark image with uh, it's not monochromatic but it's not far off it's silver silver blue white and, and, and black uh, of this steam uh, against the, the black rocks and the 
fading blue mm-hmm. twilight sky and the and the silver sort of industrial stuff that's going on at the bottom with the these smokestacks. Interesting composition. And again, this was with the you know handheld low light. Mm-hmm. Um, thankfully, there exists the one thirty five f two lens, which allows me, which is very sharp, wide open, allows me to get a high enough shutter speed that I could make this picture sharp, shoot it at a reasonably low ASA, so the quality is there. And and although one of the great things about digital is that you can you can get some amazing quality at higher ASAs that was just was never possible with film. Oh man, and, I'm having fun. And you know, I I do things now at higher ASAs. I don't even I don't think twice about bumping the ASA up on an image if I like it because I'm afraid the quality is is going to suffer. It, you know, unless you're sort of up above, you know, 640, even 800 ASA, uh, stuff generally looks really great. You know, now 1200 even 1600 looks pretty damn good whereas with film you know you were always kind of looking at it and saying yeah but you know there was always a compromise and and with digital it isn't that way it's uh, it's one of the big things i like about digital and this last image is more typical of what everybody came here to to do and, and you know it's my waterfall picture just up the road a few miles from the hotel in reichholt um this is something I think they call the children's waterfall. Mm-hmm. And when I look at that, I wonder where they got the name because I can't imagine any child ever coming out of this thing alive if they happen to fall in, let alone an adult. It looks pretty nasty. It's a, a series of, I don't know how many waterfalls, but the, the water's really coming hard and fast. And mm-hmm. it's a picture that's just full of energy. And the rocks are beautiful shades of brown and gold. And I let the shutter speed, uh, I, I basically bracketed shutter speeds. Uh, on the real uh, sort of long end, uh, everything from 20, 20th of a second to, you know, a second, second and a half, just to see the effect uh, that that would have on the flow of the water. And I then just laid it out in Lightroom and, and looked at uh, at the results and, and picked the one that had the, the most pleasing effect of the rushing water. Mm. It's another one of those very Iceland shots. There's so much water here. Yeah. Yeah, and it's again. This is another shot uh, because this was fairly close to our hotel and 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 such an appealing scene. I don't know if everybody did this, but I I think at least half a dozen of us went at different times and did the same place. And all of our pictures are different, oh, totally. which is interesting uh, when you have a group of of people like this that are so uh, experienced and talented, but they each have their own individual way of seeing. And okay, some people are a little bit sim- more similar than others, but in terms of what was shot there, it's the same thing, and and it looks basically different mm-hmm. uh, according to every photographer who went there. Nice, thank you. Well, John, I hope you got a lot out of the trip, and um, I certainly did. And really uh, glad you could be here, and thanks so much for sharing some of your photos and your thoughts about the trip with us. Thank you, and and thanks very much to uh, Adobe and to O'Reilly, and especially to uh, Mikkel Island who uh, organized this for us. Yeah. Good. It's been it's been fun. Thanks, John. Thanks.